Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. He hasn't cleared his pipes yet. To the sweet sounds of Kevin Bloody Wilson, it's Hump Day with Swanee and Friends, Samantha Richards, Dane Swan. And if we're a radio show, we'd do a real big intro, but we're not. So no. hello, Luke Darcy, special guest. Thank you, Ralphie. Uh, you guys must have really scraped the bottom of the barrel, I think, uh, Swanee, <laughs> yeah. for me to be sitting here no, no, today. No, 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 no. Must have been uh, a sort of last uh, last straw, but I'm very um, uh, very happy to be here. Great to, great to be with you, Swanee. Can we just can we declare where we are because I find this to be the most extraordinary. So Dane Swan hosting his podcast with Ralph Horowitz and the beautiful Samantha I've just met before at the Kuyong Lawn Tennis Club. If you don't mind, Swan, is this Absolutely. where you imagine you'd you'd end up? I didn't even know where Kuyong was. <laughs> And, it takes me nine minutes did, to get here. What did you say when I rang you, if you on your way here? Do I need I a s- collar? I said, I'm in trouble here. I haven't got a polo shirt. You said, no, Swanee's part of this podcast. <laughs> exactly. So I think that's the only man who can get in without being dressed appropriately. Well, actually, so well played, mate. Well, I actually don't have a polo or a shirt at home. I must have thrown them all out during COVID when I just – not that I had a lot anyway, but just to go to the footy or something. Like that. And I actually have to go get one today because I'm going – like lucky enough to sneak myself into the presidents on Friday oh, night. Oh, really? Um, yes, which is unfortunate that the main man won't be hosting it. But um, yeah, so I have to actually—I literally have to go up probably to see Sammy up in Sam and Co. And there's a plug for you, mate. But um, <laughs> go and get myself a shirt because I actually don't even know if I've got pants to be honest. So <laughs> I, might have to, I might have to get a pair of suits. You're not wearing pants today. It's a bit disconcerting <laughs> as well. Do you think we're at the stage now where we could possibly get a uniform then? We could possibly get some Swanee and Friends polo shirt. Do you know anyone who does do apparel? Apparel, yeah. But we're not getting uniforms. Come on, don't be stupid. What do you uh, mean? We're, we're a respectable unit here at Kuyong Lawn. That won't be happening. That, that's, that's Swanee's brand there that he's got on his T-shirt there. Bello, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Quite the I, I, yeah. I was going to say, he didn't, didn't send it my way. I suspect <laughs> I'm not the demographic that Swanee was targeting <laughs> no, no, somehow. Sorry. Elderly father of four. <laughs> probably, of four. Probably, probably not the vibe. How are you going, mate, on that front? Uh, father of four. It? Father of four. Oh, my Swanee. goodness, I thought you had three. Jesus. Oh, mate, I, I, four. You must be an incredible human. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think... I think uh, and your wife, I obviously. think my wife yeah, might yeah, be yeah, the one that's absolutely. an incredible human. And how about life? Has life changed for you, mate, post... Uh, Post having a baby? Oh, has it changed? Um, it's all about just little wins now. Like just, <laughs> it's about the little wins. Yeah, just get. So what's a little win there? Oh, mate, just being able to watch a TV show without stopping four times to you know, <laughs> being able to being able to go out for lunch without the kid not bawling his eyes out, or you know, Taylor having to, to breastfeed in the car for half an hour, and I'm just sitting there like a spare dick. So, um, well, I actually, friendly. No, I don't know if, if you. This so I did. We took him out for his first. Oh, Ralph, easy there, son. Um, we took him out for our first um, full day. Pretty much, we had to go to Chadston when we went past the studio that Taylor taught Pilates in, and like seen them. And then went for a cup, went for lunch. So we're out all day, and um, I've never been more exhausted <laughs> in my life. And I've had obviously I've done preseason training sessions, you know, altitude training. Obviously, had a big big nights out, benders. Like I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever been more exhausted in my life. My brain was just fried, like having to think for someone else for so long. Push a pram and just like, you know, when you get up out of a chair, just remember that you you got a kid in a pram. And um, the, I guess 
Mate, I was, I was absolutely knackered. We're probably going from 10 to 4. And, mate, I sat down on the couch. I fell straight asleep. But the one, I don't know, so I have four kids, mate. I've got no idea. They did, they did a study, I remember hearing about, of college basketball athletes who they thought were amongst the fittest group. And they got them to mimic what a two-year-old does in a day. So if a kid jumped on a couch, they had to jump on something equivalent to size for them. Yep. And if you know, the kid rolled over on the ground, they had to do the same thing. They tapped the mat. The, kid, the, the college <laughs> basketballers, by the end of the day, could not keep up. And I, I had this experience because you forget, you, you must be like a goldfish as you get older. But a mate of mine came back. He's got a two-year-old and he's got a four-year-old. And over the summer, he, uh, we had them with him. And then he had to go urgently to go and do something. He said, mate, can I just leave him at the, at the park with you? And I said, oh, you know, you'll be back in five or ten. Hour and a half later, he hasn't turned up. The two-year-old has pissed himself, <laughs> taken all his clothes off. The four-year-old ran across the other side. Mate, they're not my kid. I can't command them to come back. Your own kids you can yell at and get them to come back. Mate, I didn't sign up for this. I've done that. Mate, I was cooked. I had to go home Mate, and have a sleep after. And this, uh, and this kid does that. nothing. But the one thing I was looking forward to, so I guess Chadston, obviously people everywhere, I've figured the one benefit of having a child is being able to park in the pram bay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, beauty. Now, I drove I, I drove for probably an extra half an hour looking for these pram bays at Chadston, but I couldn't find them. Now, there's a lot of disabled. Yes. So I couldn't park in there, obviously, but I was just hoping just for, just for one or two pram bays. So Chadston, if you're listening, I know you're the big fans of the show, whoever runs Chadston, just a couple of... Sneaky pram base because I thought it's going to be the whole lot of my life just rolling up. So can I ask you a question? So prior to the baby being born, you've never parked in a in a, in a bay with a pram previously, Swanee? I'll plead the fifth. <laughs> 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 and Darcy, how 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 old is your youngest? Uh, little Maxie's ten. Ten. So yeah. So how many years? So you get to that stage where you can just go out for dinner even with them and not look over your shoulder every three seconds because I think well, that's what Dana and obviously Samantha is now pregnant has got in front of congratulations, you. Congratulations, Samantha. Thank you. Well, well played. It took, you, you worked it out longer than, than Dane, <laughs> even with help. I didn't know. Really? For 15 weeks. Yeah. Obviously the first 12 or something you don't know, but yeah, I didn't know. Didn't, didn't inquire? He didn't, didn't, didn't Well, I, didn't, uh, I just didn't. Jerry. Well, you know what? That is one of my uh, absolute rules of, yes. of you never – like if you're nine months pregnant, Samantha, and I saw you in a shop and we, we caught up, you just do not even <laughs> – I used to try and get my wife back who yeah. was clearly – you know, she's fairly lean. She used to be a da- – fairly lean. I've got to be careful here. <laughs> she's extremely fit. Would you like some advice if you get cancer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about cancer. My beautiful wife. Who's extremely clearly when she was eight months pregnant, there's no mistaking she was pregnant. And when you go into the butcher shop, and I'd try and convince the and the, and the guy behind the counter would go, "Oh, congratulations!" And I, occasionally <laughs> I get her to go, "What are you talking about?" Yes. And you just see someone's. Have you ever been around? I've happened to me twice. I was at a wedding with two footy clubs. Um, it was the Tigers and the Bulldogs. And you know when you you know when you go to a wedding and two footy yeah. clubs are involved, and when, and uh, you're bumping into people, and trying to remember. It's hard enough remembering your own teammates' partners sometimes, let alone from. And I was standing next to someone. Name Renee and and did this. Oh, it's great to see you and congratulations, your <laughs> and the partner and that. It wasn't me who said oh. it, but you, there's no choice apart from Samantha. Is it? You just got to walk away. <laughs> you can't hang around after that conversation. Oh. It's really awkward. There's no good. No, no, I used to get it. A, I was saying last week on the pod. I used to get it a fair bit on Instagram. Strangely, like people would be like, "Oh, you're glowing with that baby bump." I'm like, "Of." I said last week, you're going to have a go at me again. I clearly have a six-pack in that photo. Which which bump are you talking about? They think, I don't know if they are trying to be the first one or if they just have no... You'd rather be too late than too early. You don't go there. You just don't (laughs) wait. You just don't go there. No, No, not at all. I saw a mate of mine do that at Glen Huntley uh, when I was about 19 and it killed me for life. I've I've never... You don't ever. I'm with you. You don't ever ask that question. Stirrups could be up before. No, no, really? Just avoid it. Just completely avoid it. Unless... Is it happening to you? No, I've never put my foot in it before. No. No. But I I feel like... No, someone, someone said that you were pregnant before you were... Not in person, only, only person. on on the, on the internet. Yeah, but my partner said the same thing. He's got to like you've got it because now I'm showing quite obviously. Is now you got to start going. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who's congratulations? <laughs> yeah, congratulations to who, Ralph? Well done. That's wild. <laughs> so uh, breakfast runs. Do you, does that mean now that you're actually at home of a morning, you've got to start oh, do, it's do extra- a bit more? Extraordinary, Ralph. Yeah, eleven years of uh, that the breakfast slot yeah. and uh, life has changed. 
you know, for the better. <laughs> Sleeping in till 9, 10 a.m. Well, now? I can't, Swanee. I, I was at 4.30 every morning for 11 years. Yeah. So I still glance at the clock at 4.30. I can get to 5.30. That hurts. Yeah. Does that so, hurt? So well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think, I think the thing that I didn't realise, Matt, was that all the things you didn't do in the evening because yeah. you just became so boring. And so well, I did. That was yeah. my way of coping. I just said no to a whole heap of things. And now it's like, geez, I could so, actually, you know. So did you set an alarm at 4.30? Yeah. So you... Yeah, ain't been any body clock this week. Body so clock just sees it. Yeah. What time would you go to bed the night before? Well, if you're doing well, for me, I'd be in bed by nine thirty. But my kids are old enough that they're going to bed later than that. So, yep. um, but I was pretty to, to keep doing it. I just made sure I got enough sleep. So sleep afterwards, or was once well, you're up, first you're up. year I did. First year I, I used to sleep, and then you feel horrific, <laughs> and you and so you just not go. A man nah, I never slept during the day. I did the first year, and I thought, oh, I'm I'm gone out here, right. and then afterwards just push through and. Uh, and found a way, but so, no, it was a great job. It was a great experience, and it was great, you know, working with Eddie for eleven years, and Mick Malloy, Will Anderson, and great Rosie was just a superstar. So and I love the girl. I love the job, but would never, ever, ever do it again. So if Nova come calling and said, "Mate, you're our man," we get rid of Jonathan a, Brown. It would take a lot of cash money to do <laughs> that, and, and I don't think there is enough possibly to do it yeah. again. But that, I think that chapter's well and truly sailed for me. Uh, and, and how are you coping with breakfast radio, Dane? Because I oh, flat out my ass, flat out. <laughs> Secret um, boy. No, I was up at seven Monday morning. That's yeah. it. So are we up at seven? Or are you on at seven? No, I was. No, I think I was on a seven thirty. Okay, so up so at seven, I was just up at up the road for ten minutes from my. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine Breakfast that radio, like to be up half t- an hour before. They start at six, don't they? Six till nine. So is what the you slot? Yeah. So if I could do seven thirty till nine. Just join well, the just join the back. Not not that anyone had ever asked me to do a full time gig like that. But didn't Sam Payne used to do? Well, that the great Mick Malloy cracked the code. Yeah, Every comedian in Australia should uh, they should build a statue to, to Malloy. Yeah. He's the, mate, he's the best ever. <laughs> so Why? He, because he had a um, as you know, Mick operates at the loose end of the pool, and uh, and so what was happening? And the fact that we got him to do six uh, and he's just a genius, Mick. I love working. He's hilarious, and uh, saw him yesterday actually, but. To get him to get up at, at that time and think that he'd been any sort of Nick was so he had a contract. I think he still does, where he's got a ten mulligans. So if he gets Polax, <laughs> he just plays the card and just says, "You know what? I'm having a, having an RDO." And I go, "Who? Maybe you're the only other person in the world, Swanee, who you know, normally if you get pissed, you don't turn up to work. Your reputation goes down. Malloy's yeah. goes up. <laughs> and I think Swanee might be the only other person in that same category. So he was a genius. And well, then, so he went, "I'm not getting up at six. You can do the first hour." Right. I'll come in at seven. And then he'd still be late at seven. In fact, we did the show from New York once, three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and, mate, this is one of my favourites. John John Butler from the John Butler Trio was our guest. He's in New York and, uh, you know, rock star that lived in Philly. And a, and a great, great, great guest. So we're trying to ra- get Mick up. We know where he is, three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> where is he? So he stumbles into the studio and John yeah. Butler takes one look at him and says, you got to go home, mate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the rock star guest is telling you to go home, mate, you've got an issue. And was Ed still able to talk for that hour? Without uh, in fact, Ed's happiest days. <laughs> if I had a rare day off and he was on his own, that was really the sweet spot that he was that he was after. Never struggled, did he, to uh, to fill some content? So when I first worked with him back in grill team days, early. Uh, about 94, I reckon it was. Anthony Morgan had a theory that he wanted to get a segment called Ed Knows a Bloke, where <laughs> just a, a door opened somehow. And this was when he was, he was, uh, hadn't even turned 30 then. Give us some of the experiences of Ed Knows a Bloke oh, that sort of look, come to mind. He's just the next level on that front. I'm not sure, <laughs> Samantha, if you spent any time with him, but he, he's just a genius. Swanee's a great friend of his. So that, that was part of the, I mean, when you were alongside him, Swanee, you just, and I, and I enjoyed from, Albie Mangles turns up in your studio and you go, geez, you know, where'd he come from? And that was a funny, funny day. But, but you know, from people come on to the show where you come alongside Ed because Ed's next level of connection is just oh, extraordinary. Mate, so, you know, he could be sitting there on our, in the middle of our show. We could have a guest in the studio that, you know, could be an A-grade Hollywood star. At the same time, he's sending James Packer an email on this thing. <laughs> He's you know, taking a you know something from Jerry Ryan from this is never seen anyone that uh, right. operated incredible. That uh, we were going, I'd go away overseas and, and obviously in the interview like Ed, you know we chat very briefly. You know the odd text message you go, oh, man, I'm just in London. Like you know you just slide out. What do you recommend? Like, <laughs> just <laughs> just yeah. you know, man, I, I, man, I'm in Greece. I mean, like, what do you recommend? Just say that and then you go. 
Give me five minutes. No matter what, he must just—he must have his phone glued to his hand. Like even when he day. sleeps, he must—he yeah. must have slept an hour a night. But what I loved about—he loves then kicking into gear. Yes, and you know, yeah. you wouldn't believe it. You know, the guy who owns the best Greek oh, restaurant exactly. there is a great friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I'll ring him now. And uh, he's, bang! All of a sudden, you look at this. Re- you look. So I look at the restaurant and mate booked out for for months. I'm like, mate, it's booked out. Out he goes, I can leave it with me. <laughs> mate, seven <laughs> minutes later, ask for. Like a Michelle at reception, she'll take you in there and like <laughs> drinks on a roll. We're like, mate, far side of the world. From an outsider's perspective, because I don't know him that well, I've worked with him maybe tw- worked for him maybe twice down at Collingwood. I don't think I think the best bit about it is that it doesn't come from a wanky place. It comes from a genuine place, and that's why he's got so many. A lot of these people that you mentioned, James Packer, whoever would consider him a friend, which is why it's it's more authentic and it doesn't come across like, oh, I know a guy. Yeah, well, that's right, isn't it? I suppose if, uh, you know, we, we can all name drop occasionally, <laughs> but when, uh, when they're at your level and you're doing, yeah. you know, business with them, I suppose it, it does take it to the next level. But no, he's, as, he's as good at that as I've ever seen. It's and he's, and he's as kind to people like myself who can do nothing for him. Yeah. Apart from work for him for and a look, dollar. And, and, and it is great. People. I mean, obviously, you know, the elephant in the room is what's just happened. And um, and unfortunately, not many people have been. This, this may be the last bastion. I, I'm excited to be here because uh, there are very few sweet spots in media these days where you're not, you know, you're risk averse sort of these days because you're going to upset someone. And I think this room doesn't care too much about it, which is, which is It's like which COVID, is brilliant. you can't get it twice. <laughs> but Samantha, I agree with exactly. Samantha, you should have a ledger of all the good things you do, you know. And if, yeah. if you go and stand in the Holden Centre and look at 23, that, that's, you know, a 100, 200-year contribution that I think one person may be just about, you know, solely responsible for, along with about 4 million other good things and incredible things. And he's, you know, I always describe him as one. He's your phone a friend. Yeah, and I'm, I'm pun intended because if you're in trouble, he will know the person, and he's prepared to ring, and he'll do it at any time of the night. Mm. And he's genuine. And he's got a big heart. Now we've all, you know, you have a few bruises, Ralphie, being around Ed. You know, <laughs> everyone's been in an argument with Ed because, but you know what I love about it? never hold a grudge. Yes. You move on, and yep. uh, and you know, business is normal the next day. I work with him every morning for 11 years, and he's he's got a huge heart. And and I think the way that ended to me was was horrific. If he yeah. held a grudge, he'd hate me. He'd <laughs> <laughs> hate, mo- hate most of us. So, um, <laughs> so we but met during the footy show days. One of the, one of the things that Swatty and I we, we want to get him on one day, obviously, and I'm sure he will. Um, there's no question. It's like Might and Power when it won the Caulfield Cup by at Links. Who's given him the most pleasure out of the two of us? But we don't know who's copped the biggest spray. Oh, no, I think you win that, Ralph. <laughs> I, I, I think because I saw Be a couple there. of those. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, the paint was coming off the wall. And, mate, I used to get so nervous sitting in the footy show room and Ralphie would have the remote and he'd slightly go past and then Ed would go ballistic and uh, very, very funny. It was mate. incredible, though, when he's on the footy show, like, as soon as the ad break had come, bang, off, going off yep. for, like, for, how long's an ad break go for? Three minutes, 2.59. Two minutes, 59. Dude, what's going on here? Bang. And we're back. Just like, nothing, like nothing's about it. Everyone's just sitting there. The first time I was, I was... Absolutely shocked. I was like, is this what goes on during the air breaks? I don't know, but yeah. it's so but no good one, what he No does. one could have done what he did at that level. And I'll give you a, yeah. a great example. I don't know if I said it on this pod, but it doesn't matter. It was a while ago if I did. Um, Jason Cloak, would that have been 2003 or 2002? One of the two grand finals. Yeah. yeah. And they one appealed the... on the eve of the grand final on the Thursday. Yeah. So the Thursday night footy show... There's 15,000, there's a million people watching and Ed went to the tribunal to try and get him off. He walked in, we were starting at 8.30, he walked in at 8 o'clock and said, give us the, give, yeah. play the inserts. We played them, and including one that got dropped and was played accidentally. <laughs> no, no, we need that one. I didn't put that in. Walked out and didn't miss a beat. No one in the world would have been able to do that. And you need people, Ralphie, in that context who are able to do things other people can't do. And footy clubs need people like that. Yeah. Because, you know, Collingwood 23 years ago at Victoria Park, the walls are falling down. And, you know, I, I jumped on the board of the Bulldogs 12 months ago and what Peter Gordon has done to, to, for that place to have the financial security that it's got, you couldn't count up the amount of hours Peter Gordon's put in. And Ed is in a similar bracket. Now, yep. sometimes to get those things done, along the way, you know <laughs> what, you break a few eggs along the way. and But overall, without those sort of people, we don't have a city like Melbourne, which is very different to other cities, uh, in, in my view. And you want to be around those sort of people, Swanee, for mine, because they do things very few people can. Actually, just I'll throw in one more because it just reminded me, I don't know why, but 
a young kid who's still in the media now, but he was a young kid at the time, copped some death threats over a story he did. And by then I'd left Ed and you get your ACL, we called it. You've had two, but we, once you leave Ed, you get 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> but by then he's CEO at Sydney of, of nine and this kid copped death threats and was shaking and all that. So I, I gave him a ring and said, mate, this is just passing on. Is anything? He said, give me his number. It wasn't part of anything. And yeah. rang him up and gave him the best bunk up of all time, having you know done, done every angle yeah. of it. No one knew about it. No one still knows about it. But that's that's. And the there'd be another two thousand, three thousand stories exactly like that, which should count, Samantha. You should count. If you're a recidivist <laughs> yeah. idiot, then you don't get the benefit, you know. And so at, you know, if you have done really good things, you should get the benefit of that. I think. Absolutely. So, uh, on a more fun angle, though, from those times, I've heard Mick Malloy talk about that. You know, if you're if you're a tradie, it's good if you're the funniest guy in the smoker shit, but you just got to do your, your fucking job, right? Mm. But if you're on breakfast radio. Going to these fantastic places that you went to actually gives you something to talk about, not just at the time, but then you have stories coming back. And it's act- yeah. and Ross Stevenson said the same thing. Yeah. It is actually good content for you, which then which means... Is, and and that's, to be honest with you, that's what Ed and I really connected over more than anything. Yeah. I've known him from the footy show days for years, but... Yeah, yeah, and, and Swanee will tell you this. If there's something good happening in the world, we should be there. <laughs> uh, and I'm going, really? We're, we're in. Let's do it. And, and there's so no reason favorites. in his way that we, you know... You know, from sitting in you know, the New York Super Bowl, which we went to, you know, I think four or five Super Bowls, the um, centenary of Anzac in Gallipoli, being on Anzac Cove and broadcasting from there. It was one of the best days, one of the fun, funniest days. On the, getting off the island after uh, that ceremony had taken place, there was like a six-hour wait. Now, Ed's not going to cop a six-hour wait <laughs> <laughs> under any circumstances. So it was like the evacuation of Saigon. He's going, mate, so he somehow commandeered a van of a Turkish guy who didn't speak English, who was delivering bread. So Malloy, uh, Eddie and I in the back of this van trying to get off the island before you know, the queue sort of jumped. We left, just jumped ship. Poor old Jay, our producer's cleaning up all the microphones. And, mate, it was Anzac Day, of course, because yeah. it's Anzac Day. It was a centenary of Anzac. So he's somehow in the back of this. We're trying to be sort of low profile because we don't want to get kicked out of, at a checkpoint. He's streaming the Anzac Day game. <laughs> And he's yelling at the umpires. <laughs> you can't even see the game. He was going ballistic in the back of this van. But you're right. I mean, breakfast radio, I think, kills people and kills people's creativity because yep. you put them in a room, you're fatigued, you can't go out at night, you have no life. But if you go and do trips like that, you yep. end up with these lifelong stories that uh, that were brilliant. And we you know, did the show from Hawaii, did the show from New York, we did the show from... Like the World Cup of Soccer in Brazil, the London Olympics, the Brazilian Olympics, and you just came back with just content for days. And, and I, I still don't think... think Malloy, Brazil? That sounds good. Quinella? <laughs> well, there's a couple of good stories there. <laughs> this is maybe the forum we could uh, <laughs> we could tell. Uh, yeah, we did lose some accommodation over there at one stage. Um, but, yeah. So what you're saying to us is we need to, to take this show here to well, the next Swanee level. Friends needs to travel. Needs to take yeah. and, and I think Swanee might be the perfect person to well, do that. I have that. no problem where, with that. Where would you go, Swanee? Well, where well, would you take the show? We'd well, to tag along to Vegas. Super Bowl's obviously the easy one. Um, when's, when's that? Where's that next year? It's going to LA, I think. Yeah, then Vegas. Yeah. It's LA yeah. to Vegas. Oh, sounds um, right for you, Dave. Yeah. Well, if we're doing sporting events, the NBA finals would be good. Follow yeah. that around. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it's LA Brooklyn, LA New York. That would be... That would work for you, would it? Oh, no, that would squeeze that in, yeah. <laughs> just, just send send Taylor point. home with the baby. That's what I was asking. So exactly. Uh, you, you pitching this to Taylor about us going to the NFL. Yeah, how would that conversation go, Dane? At the minute. Yeah. Don't worry. Hey, it's because I play the fool. Doesn't mean I am one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I've got something right. that works for the end of the year. Yeah. So I've got to tie the bow over with that because on your last show I was listening and you drove off the road and Swanee <laughs> was dirty when I passed this on that he wasn't at this party. Mick Malloy was saying about you and Ed walking into a party that he organised and there was someone in the nude playing pool, and Ed said, I shouldn't be here, and Mick said, well, don't look behind you, there's a dwarf riding a Shetland. Correct, <laughs> correct. That, they, were, they were two of the funniest nights. And that's... And I, unfortunately, I think those days are that gone That wasn't you, Ralph, was it? Mainstream radio, can, can you get away with, you know... Literally, doors riding Shetland ponies, and, and you yeah, know, it was a, it was a Prince Harry lookalike. I mean, he, he, he was playing nude billions. The pony the lawyer, or the, the like, he, he used to stitch me up on that show, Samantha. Like, just I'd roll in, and you just initially, yeah, you know, you're naive or get out. So I was on the receiving end of some of my boys fine, and I it's very, very funny. But I came in mistakenly one one and told this story to him off air, and you know, worked out pretty quickly. Just choose that 
carefully because we had, um, having four kids, went through a phase where we had uh, a handful of all pairs and we had some interesting <laughs> st- stories, a few stories from the Brazilian girl who wrote first and I had about 40 teammates arriving at my house going, I was just in the area and I go, mate, you live in Mooney Ponds, piss off, you know, we're near... Come back, but this beautiful girl and stayed with us. For I'm six actually months. looking for one. So, well, yeah, <laughs> stay tuned. Her name was Sarah. She lived with us for six years, but she was German. First morning, I came downstairs and Beck involved in that. She's cooking uh, pancakes just in her bra and undies, <laughs> and, um, and the kids are there at the counter eating eating how pancakes. Old, old, the kids, kids are sort of old enough to know what was going well, on. Old, 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 old enough to look at Dad and go, <laughs> you know, and, I, and I'm and Beck's just looking straight through, and I'm going, "What have I done? Can I have the pancakes on my letter?" So you, know, you can imagine the material that Malloy got out of that. So I turn up at the bunga bunga party of the organisers. There's Shetlands, there's dwarfs, there's a guy in the nude, and there's a girl. You know, Brian and he's cooking pancakes, and I go, "Oh, this is just this is not gonna not gonna possibly end well." So, so yeah. we're we're on the eve of the AFL season, and and so you're not doing breakfast radio, but you're doing Triple M and and Channel Seven. What do you prefer more, radio or TV? Ah, oh, good question. This one, I think um, to me, it's always about the, the handful of people you work with. So radio's a bit looser; you can yeah. get away with a bit more on radio. You're a bit nervous on TV because these days, you know, you get one player wrong, and and you're yeah. going to get uh, some feedback. Um, so, uh, so you tend to be a bit more, uh, a bit more straight on. on so so on if we TV. took the Quinella of champions from the last twenty years who don't really give a fuck, if we got one in the room and there's one that you work with, champions who just don't. Uh, well, Swanee's in that bracket. Yes. Do you work with another one on radio? Is Chris Judd a bit similar? Oh, sim- yeah, same but different. Yeah, when Judd and Swanee are not dissimilar in my mind. Mm. I mean, both both absolute superstars of the game and and. Uh, and freaks at what they did playing. Does he worry about feedback from the punters? It doesn't concern him in <laughs> one iota, uh, Judd. In fact, he sort of thrives on it. If, uh, and and very, 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 very funny. He was the most boring footballer in the history of the game. <laughs> like, seriously, say, Samantha, at you, the most boring... If you ever interviewed... Because we interviewed him while he played, yeah. and you go, this guy is a robot, and he's... he's ju- mate, he could not get... Mate, he's as loose as you, Swanee. And... and um, and is funny, and uh, and I think that's probably you know why he went. Probably time for me to get out before I do. <laughs> I do uh, jump over the edge, but but that's the joy. I mean, if, if lucky enough to, to, to for me played footy to be able to work and with with champions like Swanee and about a the, the thing I miss the most. Footy is great environment. It's great people, and you know to sit on a in a in a commentary box and hang out with great people has been a fair bit of fun as well. Well, I've got some names. You can just say whatever you like that you've worked with in the media. Rex Hunt. Oh, Rex is extraordinary, Ralph. And, and, and mate, I, I, and I told this story the other day, and I probably have to before, but I, I was there, I was a player, and I wanted Samantha to do media, so I used to turn up and, you know, even the first year when I was far from getting a kick and playing the twos, I'd go and, you know, make coffees for Jared Hill. That's probably when I met you first time, Ralphie, you know, and so they somehow, you know, my only a couple of years in said, you, will you come on and do special comments from three other? Unbeknownst to me, Rex was on the receiving end of one of the great controversies of all time. And so I rock up sort of, you know, with a few notes and you know, Richmond <laughs> playing Melbourne and what am I going to say? Shit, that's Rex Hunt. And Rex was bigger than anyone. Like Huge. bigger than anyone in the media. And he and he thrived on that. But this particular day he'd come into a bit of strife. Clinton Grivers was hosting yes. this. And they did an hour of talk back and the coolers just gave it to but next door in the next box was Sam Newman and the trip. And, mate, they are just eyes <laughs> pinned on Rex. And you could feel that box shaking with laughter because they knew that Rex was under the pump. And I, I'm just thinking, this industry is insane. These people are. <laughs> they are. They're, in, they're insane. So, um, Well, let's not avert there just because you brought it up. What's, what's your round 13 theory? Just oh, I've got this theory and I'm going to have to adjust it to yeah, me, sure, I think. Because yeah. I, I often ring around for you, know, you can set your clock mid-winter <laughs> – Everyone gets a bit over it. Everyone gets a bit over the season. Yeah. You know, gun players like you start, you know, getting brown low votes and taking it to the next level. But everyone in the industry gets a bit fatigued. So the natural thing you do is you turn on each other. <laughs> and you watch, you just watch. Everyone just, it starts. There'll be feuds. There'll be the journos go ballistic. There's an on-air dust-up of some store. BT normally unravels by about <laughs> round 13. So... You can set your clock. I reckon it's maybe a bit earlier now. I think everyone's probably will get to about round eight now and haven't had enough. So <laughs> it's not wrong. Um, so the chief, speak of because I think I think his fried rice incident with quarters was probably about round thirteen. So exactly, pretty close. it happens. It happens. <laughs> We're working with Jason Dunsell. Oh, he's back. I'm yeah. back. I'm working with Chief. I saw him the other night. Um, 
He's uh, he's unique, isn't he? And as you would know, um, how would you describe the chief? How can I get away with this one without? <laughs> but the first time I sat in the commentary box and you're nervous, Triple M, Friday night, you're calling the first ever game I've called. I sat down in front. He strafed me for five minutes. Have a look at this pull-through pipe cleaning piece of shit. Feeding him, how dare you even sit in front of me? And it was five minutes of a verbal onslaught, which was his way of welcoming you yes. to the team. And he, he's better at it. He's so he's articulate and he's uh, smart enough to do that better than almost anyone, Chief. So enjoy working with him. Uh, sledging, is a, sledging is a dying art, though, isn't it? It's a it's a part of the council culture. Sledging. So that, that's yeah. kind of what he was doing at the beginning. You know, Correct. just making you feel welcome by sledging. And it's a, it's a lost art, man. Yeah. That I'm disappointed it's gone because you know most most of it is. Know, intended for good humour, and yeah. and not many were that good at it, to be honest with you. So I, I always respected someone who was good enough. Who to was good on, on field? Oh, you know, I, th- I think of um, a couple of Geelong boys were pretty good. Andrew Mackey was pretty good at it, and yeah, I, I crossed funny. over at the time where I was just about out, <coughs> had nothing really to give, and you knew you were gone. He, they were flying, so it was an, it was an unequal fight that. But he'd come out of his wire. I remember a couple of times going, "Who's this little shit on that?" You know. And he, Come in just with something that was on, you know, uh, on yeah. cue enough to. The microphones now kill that on the yeah, field. Yeah, on the field. So you got to be yeah. careful about yeah. what you can and can't say because, like when I first started, it was open slowly. Most some of the hot mics back then, no one would be playing. <laughs> <laughs> but but you previously said you weren't that good at sledging because you were too rooted. Uh, you've yeah, said that. Yeah, well, I think I'm witty and funny enough. But my by the time I got to a stoppage, I was absolutely <laughs> fucked. I couldn't yeah. be bothered like going, <laughs> hey, mate, I've got something. I've got a stand-up routine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, go. Razor, you want to hold up for 10? I've got something pretty funny <laughs> to say. Like, then, by the time <laughs> that would go again, I'd be, I'd be off again. So <laughs> like, I just, yeah, I didn't have anything. I, I had something funny. Come back here. Tell me what Tell me what you told me again. So I've got something for you. But mate, yeah, Bowl's knackered. By Tony Libertore was, was regarded as a great sledger, but Liver had said nothing intelligent ever. But <laughs> it was just the consistency of verbal entourage. And yeah. he just, Get, um, Juddy reminded me one night of the. I can't even remember doing it, but he reckons I stopped the centre bounce in the West Coast League, complaining that uh, Dean Cox's nose was outside the centre circle. Stop the centre bounce. So it would have been because he's it would have been that rooted and was trying to buy a bit of time. And um, occasionally, Paul Lucuria was saying the other day that when he first started playing, he was getting. On his first game, he kept getting called Wog from somewhere and he was like feeling a bit self-conscious about being a Wog because he was one. And he kept looking around going, who is that? The second game, he got called a Wog. Third game, he turned around and it was Libba, who himself was a BT? Working with BT? Yeah, I'm waiting for the <laughs> question part <laughs> of that, Ralph. Normally, yeah. 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 normally there's another uh, sentence attached. Oh, but really. I love working with BT. Yeah. Yeah, I, and... He's just unique, and uh, I mean, if you watch the vision of him play Swan, I, I could watch that all day on loop. <laughs> he was insane. Yeah. He, he just was, and, and I think he's to me next level in the way he commentates, yes. and 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 you know he's passionate and he cares, and and you know it comes out on air. You know, it can spill over occasionally Absolutely. with uh, with Brian, but uh, you want to work with people like that, don't you? Big yeah. personalities who are fun to be around, and. Um, yeah, there's not many that you haven't had a lot of fun with. So speaking of which, I'll round off with this one on, on this topic. Uh, so Richo, and you you guys also had the running experience of obviously experiencing the Bulldogs followed by... Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Tigers yeah. with each other. And you know what? This is something that surprised me, um, Samantha, that I didn't think would be the case. Because when you don't win one like Swanee, there's always that cross to bear as an AFL player. And he lords it over you and he sort of looks at you and goes, yeah, good on your champ. You achieved nothing in your entire <laughs> no. career. And I don't think winning premierships is that important. <laughs> 
See what I mean? Yeah. Did you get? Did you just detect yeah, that? No, that. it's <laughs> always there, and and it, you've just got to cop it. So no, but like it, I don't wake up every morning and fuck I'm a Premiership player. Yeah. Like it's not because you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you yeah. Did, but know, but it, took, <laughs> it took me about six or seven years to get over the fact that you hadn't won. And I and I'd be in the rooms, you know, Channel Seven. Let's cross down to Hawthorne. They've just won their third flag. Here's Brian Lake. You're going. Congratulations, Brian. Fucking kidding, like any danger you could have played that way for us, and we might have might have one ourselves. So that I think that bitterness is natural. But when when it, when you got through that and you saw your own team win one after sixty years, but that was as enjoyable as as and I, and I turned into a complete nuffy. And, was, and and Richo was an even bigger nuffy. Like Richo just when you call a game with him, and Richmond are on. Mate, he uncontrollably <laughs> can't. He can't sit still. He can't move. So, mate, you kicked eight hundred goals at the MCG. Mate, was, it, was there any jealous? Was there any part of you a little bitter or jealous or anything? No, there wasn't. Swan. It was done. And, and, and one of the best nights I ever had was there was about one hundred and twenty of us from our era that ended up at one of our pubs. And on grand final night, the official function was we we're all going to go to the official function. And then apparently Peter Gordon's speech went for an hour and a half. We got word that <laughs> that was still going, and yeah. so we uh, we just stayed at the pub. And it was as, as much fun as from different eras of, of guys that we played with. Seriously, it was all of us were just yeah. like we'd won it. It was sensational. So, so speaking of which, so. If if I did the best handful of plays from Richmond 2016, so just before obviously they're three out of four years, and the best handful of plays from your era, it's not a, not a lot dissimilar. Like John O. Smith, uh, Chris Grant, yourself, uh, Nathan Brown. Is there anything in hindsight that you guys could have done differently, or was it just you weren't lucky enough? On the, yeah, yeah look, it's a good question, isn't it? I, I think um, someone smart said to me once: you need to 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 win it. You need all of the elements, right. So the board's got to be stable, CEO's got to be brilliant, your coach's got to be brilliant, playing group's got to be And then it's really, really hard to... And I look back and think, I used to play and think, what's the board got to do with our... And you might agree with that now, Swanny, but but I, I get the stability of the club. Richmond have got all those... have had all those things, absolutely. You know, Betty Gale's a superstar and Peggy and the board have done a great job and Dimmer's a superstar. So to have all that there, and I think... Probably throughout that era, I think we had some really, really good teams and top of the yeah. ladder and you know, missed those prelim finals by a couple of kicks or a kick. Um, but did we always have everything right? Probably not. Yeah. But but you were, you really would have been proud of it, actually what you did do because you did play so much great footy as a, as a yeah, team. Yeah, and I think when you're young and 18 or 19 and you're playing back-to-back prelim finals, you're not that concerned. You think, oh, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just win one at some yeah. stage. And then you go through a horror patch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you suddenly... Dwelling on the bottom of the ladder and you're going, geez, it's not a lot of fun doing this. Yeah. And you're just desperate. And then and as you get older, you get desperate. And you think, God, I've got to... Because um, it is, that's, it's, it's, you know, I know Swanee's a bit nonplussed about uh, everything he's achieved, but uh, maybe I would be too if I had done that <laughs> as well. So you're on the board now, yeah? On the board of the Bulldogs, so yeah. When you drive past the Western Oval, and obviously I'm older than you guys, but I remember when it was just a complete dilapidated toilet growing up, but that was what made it such a unique uh, setup and so fantastic. But now it's a really professional club. When you started, I think, and uh, as we speak, your media career, footy media career, ended with Eddie Maguire until it starts again on this Friday, but uh, and started with Doug Hawkins. <laughs> Very <laughs> similar know, that's people. That's a unique vanilla. <laughs> well, my, my first memory of Hawk is uh, that the team meeting didn't start until we used to have the, the only redeeming feature of the, the Whitnoble those days was the big Waverley dish hours that we had. Yeah. So that was the pride. You used to have to sweep the rats out of the gym before <laughs> to get into the gym. And, and But but Hawk was the king. And, and so after a game... and. He would have uh, a chair, he'd sit in the dish shower <laughs> and he'd have a six pack. Yeah. And the team meeting wouldn't start until Hawk had drunk his six pack. So that was just the rule. Everyone just well, wait to wait till Hawk finishes his six pack. And he'd swagger into the, into the team meeting. And, you know, that is a different era, isn't it? When yeah. you think about it. And, and you crossed over that. But I mean, it must have been. What, what was the heart and soul like of Footscray that they haven't lost? Ah, oh, look, because most of those guys grew up in the western suburbs of Melbourne. Hawk was a Braybrook uh, kid. Doug was just a champion from around the corner, school around the corner. Yeah. You know, Rowan Smith grew up in Yarraville. Brad Johnson was from, uh, you know, from Newport or, you know, that part of town. I'll get that wrong. John will give me a call for sure. Uh, but they're all Western Suburbs boys. And so yeah. they grew up, you know, loving that. They grew up going to the footy. You know, my dad played at that club and, and my grandma, you know, lived till she was 95, saw every game there. For So we weren't just dialled in to we, – we understood the history of that place. Yep. Yeah. Like you wouldn't believe – and so there was something unique, and it was it was the club that nearly went under 
you know, the fight back and the and the struggles and the and the hardship and you know the people in the west of Melbourne are a brilliant, unique people. And the club's been amazing to survive and expand from that. But I, I hope you know Bob Murphy gets gets that more than anyone. He didn't quite probably cross over as far back as I did, obviously. But but he gets the history of that, and I think he was a great champion to keep that that sort of history going forward uh, for the next generation as well. How did how did you transfer with that? Because almost Collingwood Footscray were a lot different in that respect. I mean, we're in his in a uh, suburban working-class club, but you obviously, uh, your career was like Bob Murphy. Was there something about the Vic Park culture that you were taught, or was it um, So I, I missed, yeah. actually, Vic Park. So I was, I was there for two years, but I was, um, I was... Footy was different back then, so I was playing in the twos, so we'd go in and do weights on the Friday and train out at Willie in the freezing cold down in Point Jellybrand. Is that a ground? <laughs> to be there on a Thursday night, like freezing cold. Like you've seen all those clips on like the old footy show Legend, you know, that you know, um, where the ball would kick and go straight back over your head. It was a nasty, <laughs> nasty place to, to train on a Thursday night. But um yeah, I think all those clubs, the the culture inside of them and um just the feel of the place once you walk in into a place like Vic Park was was unbelievable. And I hated Collingwood when I I was a Hawthorne supporter, so like everyone, if you don't bury for Collingwood, you hate them, and I was exactly the same. But just to walk in and get the feel and the presence of the place is um, was incredible. Um, you know, so much history, good or bad, whatever way you wanted to talk, but there was just history at the footy club and and the, the people of Collingwood, um, you know, the socioeconomic, I guess, background of, of Collingwood and the inner west of Melbourne is probably a bit different to, you know, to a lot of, a lot of places. So, now the people were incredible. They're especially Collingwood, they're as passionate and um, vocal as you'll get. And sometimes they can turn on their players, but that's just purely out of how much they love the club. And I've said this before, us winning the flag in 2010, well, it means a lot to us, but it, there's no doubt it probably means more to the supporters than us. We get paid to play and like we love the club and you know it's set us up for life and we love playing footy with our mates. And winning a flag was everything and... You know, winning and losing on a Saturday is great, but losing on a Saturday to Saturday Arvo and like in round 13, you know, we get beat by a couple of points by Richmond, a good side. You go, oh, well, fuck, we got beat. Let's go have a beer and relax and fucking do what we do. And on the next week, but they take it yes, like incredibly hard. No, it's just, that's why they abuse you, mate. You act like you don't care. Well, yeah, we do, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not life and death for us where it, it is for all those yeah. people and it's, um, it's incredible to see them. That's why fans are awesome at all at all sporting um, levels at all at all clubs. So they make the footy whether we like it or not. You know, the supporters are the people who turn up every week, pay the money, and um, you know AFL certainly wouldn't be where it is without without them. Do you think that um, these days in the footy, that's why it's so important to create a good culture? Because back in the day, you're saying all those you know um, young Western Bulldogs players grew up in the area. They grew up wanting to play for the Western Bulldogs. They got there, they felt the history of the people that had come from their suburbs before them. Nowadays, it's a little bit more transactional. You kind of go to, you know, wherever you're drafted to, yeah. the club with the most money picks the best players. Well, you know, in is that why we have to create a good culture? So because it's not as authentic I f- now? I find it interesting to see what people think is a good culture. Because in 2010, we thought we had a good culture. It was probably different to the cookie-cutter culture that yeah. people expect people to be now like we enjoyed ourselves off you know not everyone but we enjoyed ourselves off the field we enjoyed ourselves on the field we loved each other we obviously yeah. were really dominant so you know i think had a good balance yeah but and so but that's the question like you're on the yeah. board so you'll be looking you're guessing you have values and stuff what you want as a culture but like but what? i agree with you though swanny I, th- I think you got to let you know if you tried to turn you into something you want you wouldn't have yeah. played yeah. you just wouldn't have played and and he sure wouldn't have played and wouldn't have played well so the art of of uh is to you know the Bulldogs, Marcus Bondapelli is this unique, unbelievable, you know. But you're going to be very different to Tom Liberatore and yeah. very different to Tim English. So if you're trying to make everyone, you know, like me, it'd be fairly boring. But if you let people be who they are and give them some rope, that's the art of great coaching to me. Yeah. And, and I'm assuming that's what Mick did really well with you guys. It's like, mate, your performance has is, is got to be right. Um, but you've got to be able to be yourself at the same time. That is good culture for me. Yeah, I think for clubs, you know, within boundaries, I mean, you can't. Yeah, can't exactly. have blowouts and you guys can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't have blowouts. But it, and that's the other thing. I think this is what worries me about the moment is that you put 800 people, you've got to expect people are going to make some mistakes. You've got to, yeah. and, and if you haven't made one, then 
you know, put your hand up. So I think, you know, we should probably factor that in and not get so hysterical when the inevitable happens. I think the worry is, I think the media try and drive culture. Like, <laughs> like and in a football club, they write articles about fucking what's he doing here or and it's like, well, fuck off, really. Like, cause he's, <laughs> like this is our culture and, like, a lot of it's trial by media. And so yes. They'll just keep nitpicking at a group if they've had a couple of losses or someone's played up off the field while the culture's fucked. Well... Out of your 45, 18 to 30-year-old men, tell me, like you just said, tell me one of, if one of them doesn't make a mistake during the year, you're like, well, what's going on here? Yeah. So I'm still looking for the dump button. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm too trained after 11 years. I'm going, this is, this is good. I like, I like this a lot. But, but you know, and I, the hypocrisy of that's always interesting, Swanee, because, you know, again, we work in mainstream media, so they'll come after us and say, you know what, you, know, you get paid to do the same. I am mainstream media, but... But, you know, I try and avoid throwing rocks because I know I've made the, the, the same blues. And, and often, if you want to do a survey of behavioural and social issues, <laughs> yeah. uh, go to the AFL Media Awards <laughs> and, uh, and, and front up there one night. Yes. And just, uh, mate, I was invited one year as a player and, and, and I said, I'm not going. I'm not, and they said, no, you've got to go. Damien Glass was there, you have to go. And I said, I'm not going. He goes, no, mate, you're winning an award tonight yeah. for the players. I said, is there any cash? <laughs> well, oh, maybe I'll go. So I went and I said, I'll go for an hour yeah. and then I'll um, – I've, I've never told this story on air. Within half an hour, someone was so pissed they were being wheeled out on a wheelchair. <laughs> that person was then one of the highest executives at the AFL, tried to you know, help that – I saw it. <laughs> there was then a sexual harassment claim that came out at the back of that that was, you know, again, you know, we can probably say it on the Swanee and Friends podcast <laughs> – then there was you – know, I had someone, a long-term media person in – I'm a current player in 20 – come and offer to sell me some pills. <laughs> this is within an hour. Like Viagra or – No, 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 no you're going to have a great night stick with me. And I'm, and I'm looking at Damon Glass going, these are the people yes. that eviscerate us for bad behaviour. And, and I, mean, I had to stay. I stayed for the – I'm, I'm, I'm getting – I'm going to stay and just see how it plays The most out. shocking thing about that is he offered to sell you one, not just give yeah, you yeah. one. What a tight <laughs> ass. That's Do you reckon the stitch-up might have been on? Yeah, do you well. reckon it might have been oh, – I'd love to have one of those. Yeah. And do you reckon he had his story the next yeah, day? Yeah, 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 probably. I, I'd like to name names on yeah. it. I reckon he could have a few few guesses and work out who it was. But <laughs> I'm going, these are the same people. These are the – and they're having their own awards night. To award themselves for how good they are. <laughs> Why do you need to do that? That is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. It's like, you know, a great friend of mine, Jay Miller, did our show. He was our producer yeah. for 10 years. He's a great producer. And he's, he's just great. Now. Th- yeah. Thanks for doing your job, man. Yeah. It's just, that's it. I don't need, a, I don't need <laughs> awards nights. Thanks for doing your job, man. That's why you get a paycheck exactly. for at the end of every month. Exactly. You, uh, you brought up a great memory from the footy show days. And appropriately, all three of you ended up Full-time media careers. So this is the footy show panel and we're doing having the uh, the dinner upstairs in Ed's office uh, pre-show, just talking around, and you guys started spraying different members of the media. <laughs> it was you, it was David Schwartz, and it was Spider Everett. <laughs> and Ed said, this is too good to stay off air. And this, is a, this was a real insight into Das. So straight away he goes... All right, I'll bring up their names. <laughs> In other words, Did I? Yes. Maybe I was a bit smarter than I yes. thought that day. Yes. And as, as, as Schwarter and Spider took turns in just strafing everyone, it was one of the greatest segments of all time. You did your own media watch because uh, under the premise of we're sick of being judged all the time by these people, so we'll judge other people. There was a fair amount of backlash. Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. But none well. to you. Because they don't forget. Did I get through that one okay? Yeah, you got to yeah. yeah, They don't forget, so yeah. you've got to be careful with them. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so if 2020 wasn't mad enough, Samantha, who, who at the start of 2020, never mind the pandemic, would have predicted that Luke, Darcy and Dane Swan would be known as political animals? <laughs> uh, you were blood brothers last year. Oh, I stand with really? Dan. Really? <laughs> so I, mate, because I, I don't consume anything outside of my own tiny little bubble because I, I just, I, I don't have any social media. Well, in fact, I lie. I have got an account. That they set up for me the third last day of Tripper, but I don't know how to log back into it. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, if it's Twitter, Ralph is. Um, I don't have anything. Well so you don't I'm have like, it to keep a hold of you. Check what your kids are well, posting. Well, Beck does that. Beck does that. I probably uh, probably should have some idea, but I'm like I'm Amish these days, so <laughs> I, I just don't. Unless I've uh, and I don't um, yeah. consume a lot of other uh, yes. media, which is not a great. Um, a great reflection. I just didn't have other things to do. But uh, so, what did you do last year, Swanee? Oh, I missed that. Did you? Uh, I just. 
So what it was live tweeting, Daniel? Oh, I did. I just um, <laughs> I shared some opinions on Twitter. And can I get a sort of sense of the tone or not? Was there? Um, there was. Do you want me to quote one? Yeah, quote one. This motherfucker's starting to wear on my nerves. <laughs> Fairly well said. I would have yeah, thought. Sorry, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we can. Yeah, just yeah. pulled your punches and, on and, that one. And listen, I'm not. A politi- Listen, I wouldn't know left or right from yeah. my own hands, you know, or you know, Labor Liberal. I've absolutely zero interest. I don't think I've ever voted. Like, yeah. I just it doesn't interest me. But um, I thought I'd get into the mud into <laughs> politics. My goodness, they're the yeah. political Twitter and the political people who love politics are more feral than like Re- football. Really, next level. Oh, oh. mate, they're nasty. <laughs> next level. Which, but mate, they're nasty. They. They really care about their politics. <laughs> mate, like they're worse than football. Like they're the worst, worst, funniest, but whichever way you want, like the most aggressive. They play for keeps, don't they? Oh, man, don't fuck game. around, yeah. mate. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, it's, like, it's I thought I was coming in, drop a couple of, couple th- of gags. Try and get in and out. Yeah, Everyone will enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, oh, <What>? Jesus. <laughs> turn left pretty quickly, turn right, turn pear shape. That's what it did. But <laughs> I was, oh, like everyone, I was sick of the panic. I think he made some mistakes and like he just kept lying and bullshitting yeah. and... So I voiced my opinion, but and you know what I've said on this, said this on this podcast. The amount of people that said stick to football, like, like, but, like, but, no, that's, but that's bullshit. To so me. I mean, it's like I, I don't want to hear what Dane's because Dane Swan represents and 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 you, Samantha Ralph, like, that, and that is a problem. People aren't courageous enough to do what Swanee does. And I, as you know, he was, his premier was on our show. I asked a handful of questions, and that you know went, and I, and I felt the same. Feedback's yeah. one of you. The same. <laughs> they play for keeps in that oh, field. They I, don't mess and around. I'm with you. I don't identify left or right yeah. or identify with good common sense and good people. Yeah, and okay. he has been he had been in our studio thirty times previously. So anyone who listened to our show wouldn't have been surprised by the questions that I asked. What happens is, as you know, Ralphie, is that people hit cut and paste a version of that. <laughs> and it, you know, that's the way the world works. And suddenly, you know, it's nice not having any account of social <laughs> from what I'm told, but my kids were saying, geez, Dad, a lot of people hate that. <laughs> Um, very and the thing so is, like, where they say, as I've said, don't stick to footballs. Like, well, the people I, I check a couple of their profiles, they're like school teachers or tradies. Like, well, why are you allowed to talk about politics? And you're yeah. a tradie, but a person who played sport isn't allowed to talk about anything other than sport. It's, it's but about, I suddenly cared about, and so we should, we were locked in our houses for 16 weeks <laughs> last year and out for an hour. Do you reckon you're not going to care? <laughs> yeah, exactly. do, do you think I had four kids homeschooling for 16 weeks? <laughs> Right, and we were lucky. We were living in a great house, and the kids were fine. They were brilliant. But you know, if everyone didn't all of a sudden start thinking a bit more about what was going on and want to ask a couple of questions, then what what, what is going on? That was just a, an extraordinary time that we should. And you're right. If you did wade into it in, in a way that you know you're just an idiot AFL player, no, we're all uh, experiencing something that was extraordinary. And and I don't think they gave enough account for the amount of pain those those measures caused. And also, and you both run your own businesses as well. Yeah. I mean, apart from any any uh, obviously you, you made your famous footballers, but you, you you know what it's like to employ people. Um, but without getting too deep in the weeds on that area, but what was what did you learn from it yourself? Because you obviously you're not on social media, but you still would have copped a fair bit of from There's it. It's a bit of both. I mean, I think people thought that. Um, you know, well done, well done for yeah. having. Look, I started watching the press conferences and and um, and I started throwing things at the TV as well because it was like what we look forward to as Victorians. Can yeah, we come out for a walk. Oh, I can't Dan's on the TV at eleven. <laughs> so can we, we walk at twelve? Can't cop that one more time. <laughs> and and so there is a whole you know gallery of political journalists, and I'm, and I'm not going to wait and have a crack at the political <laughs> journos here because that'll come back with some interest as well. But you're wanting you're wanting to just geez, there's a few obvious questions here to ask. If the event happens, you get the chance to ask them. Well, you're not doing your job if you're not going to have a yes. crack and ask them. So there was, there was two sides. You walk past the street. But suddenly, I was getting calls from Pete Evans at that end in Byron Bay and <laughs> Sky News and, other, and saying, you're one of us, you're one of us. I'm going, shit, I'm not sure I'm Pete. I'm not sure I'm Sky News. I don't think I'm anything. I was just asking a few questions that I think were pretty relevant and hopefully, uh, you know, semi It became frustrating towards the end, didn't it? Because you'd sit there and you'd want everyone would... Tune in for the press conference, and you're right. You felt like the obvious questions weren't being asked. It's like, do you not have the same questions? Like, I, I felt like. For all due respect, sorry, Samantha, cut you off, but you know, if someone asked again when the skate park was going to be over, <laughs> I was going to. In fact, my daughter Where's came my in and said, "Dad, I just heard you say fuck eighteen <laughs> times. <laughs> what? What's that?" And I said, "It's about twenty less than I want to say." <laughs> she said, "You've lost your mind." I was screaming at the TV. I'm going. Like you were saying, right? Y- yes, you may be a footballer, but you're also a citizen of... You're a normal person. You're a citizen of Victoria. 
And we've got normal questions that weren't seemingly being asked. And it's like, why are you not asking those questions? Am I the only person thinking these people? But then you'd, these questions, but then but you'd speak he, to your friends he, and they he like the same questions. He is an incredibly disciplined, organised, uh, he, he's an extraordinary politician, Daniel Andrews. Oh, now, that no may doubt. not be a compliment, but uh, but he's he, he knows the game, he knows them, ne- never deviates from script, never... Uh, never loses his cool. Um, so, yeah, that's right. I think maybe some of the journalists just got outplayed, you know, because he just doesn't, um, you know, doesn't uh, venture off too often. of what you think of him as a person, I don't know if special is the right word, but it would take a very special person, not only to be the Premier of a state, but to navigate through the shit that we went through last yeah, year. Mate. I'm not sure so what his I job. wouldn't have done it. Yeah, yeah. Not, not sure Pol- for his job. Premier or head coach in the AFL? <laughs> yeah. Which one would you oh, take? Good neither. Question. 20? <laughs> you? Well, oh, mate, what pays more? Because they're both <laughs> fucked. Well, you couldn't. Mate. You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. You have, you yeah. have to be mad to do both. Yeah. Of them, yeah. Well, I, probably head coach because you get more holidays. Stumbled on it. Might I worry about the head coaches now? Because they get yeah. absolutely smashed, and and it's oh, just it's way out of whack. For so you're not on social media. No coaches should be either. Right. I think the fact that yeah. Damien Har- the fact that Damien Hardwick's t- legacy is going to be tarnished. Cause he's Separated from his wife is absolutely mind-boggling. Like how people can write articles like that. Like, yeah, it's not. It was the people first story. Would rather not be classified. happy for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah there's a thing called your personal life, <laughs> yeah, and it's exactly. personal for yeah. a reason because you know all of us have got one. And uh, and when yeah. when did all of a sudden like if you look at coaches, the Hall of Fame coaches and Premiership coaches, probably like the rest of society. It's probably what is it one yeah. in three or whatever. I mean, it, it's not a new thing that coaches go through a divorce because no, other, I think it's fifty percent. Like, I think it's half. Yeah. yeah. What and about I the fact that Nathan? There's an article that Bucks was who Bucks was following on Instagram. You'd be rough for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a high bar. To, having said that, there was a bit of a pattern there. For Bucks. Yeah, absolutely. So a, absolutely. But I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? That yeah. he's, he's having to go through that, and then it, and then on the receiving end, oh yeah, you get paid eight hundred thousand dollars. That's not enough to to oh, be yeah. on the receiving. It's ridiculous. End. Oh, the I stress mean, they go you through. You touched on it before when when Ralphie asked why perhaps you didn't win a flag and you said you need everything from the presidency right through to the players to be on their game and everything needs to be working as a cohesive machine and I think that's why maybe one element of it is footy news if if the inner workings of Richmond are not stable are they going to be able to get to another flag you know off the field if they're not working together but maybe touch on it once like it's been months we've been hearing about it It was the opening story of the first episode of footy classified this year like do we still need to be talking about his marriage or what's left of it. It's not footy news anymore. I flogged Carlton Thursday night at Oliver Wolf. Forgotten. Did you dip your toe into coaching? No. Adam, not one? You never did no. any ruck? No. 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 What about if the Bulldogs come near? Came to me to coach the Bulldogs. Like do some ruck, ruck, uh, ruck work? I always feel like you'd go back and do anything for you know to the old club, but um, I think you know I've been out for a while, for a while now, but uh, that's probably the board... The board role, but no, there was never. When I actually the year I finished, I did a little bit of stuff with the AS guys yeah. for a couple of years with Bucks and uh, Michael Voss, which was brilliant. I love yeah. that, but uh, no, not for me. Actually, just in sixty seconds, so the the in the ruck work, the, the gladiatorial element of it. I mean, you you sort of started when you'd just run at each other and smash into each other, and that actually yeah. had to get stopped. Yeah, it did, and I, I you know. Foolishly, you know, you'd have Damien Monkhurst with no teeth, you know, <laughs> 40 metres away going, I'm going to kill you <laughs> and I'm going to kill you slowly. And you, and you thought it was something special about going, you know what, if you want to play that role, you yeah. need to find a way to try and not get killed by Monkey or Alex Ashenko or whoever it was at the time. And and so when they put the circle on, I thought, this is just ridiculous. Like, you've taken away some. But all of us, every single one of us, had done a PCL in our knee because yes. we just smashed into each other. So... Probably made a bit of sense, as it turns <laughs> out. It is a fun fact. I think I'm 70% sure that my first ever kick in AFL was holding the ball decision on you when you grabbed it out the ruck. Were you... They, I was pretty partial to that. Really, your first kick in <laughs> AFL football. Yeah, was you tackled me. was against the Bulldogs. It was a throw-in and you try to grab it from the ruck. You tackle me. Yeah. Right. Well, it was hard walls. You know, that, you know back 70%. then, as soon as you touched yeah, it, that was, wasn't a that was a tackle ridiculous to, rule, yeah. Yeah, because obviously I wasn't a great tackler, so I was just I was hands around. Say, yeah. Didn't normally you'd be worry. Very, you'd be very embarrassed if I got you to the ground, mate, <laughs> wow. but also it was a throw in, I'm pretty your sure. Your first stat was from defensive what? pressure, Dane. Do you think that Good played point. out throughout your career? Yeah, I figured that was not fun. So I figured out pretty early on defensive pressure was no good. So offensive pressure was what I was about. I'd like to see a video of that because it would have been a very clean cut. 03? Were you in 03? Yeah, it was around 03, yeah. Yep. Finished in 07. Yeah, so unless it was the up. Did did you play one ruck? I'm pretty sure it was you, but unless. 
Unless there was another ruck, Richmond Bulldogs ruckman, but that right, was my actually, first. We'll, we'll park the messages. Thanks. For, I'll, we'll ask all these uh, questions next week because you didn't know that Dust was coming on anyway because we're going to lose the room in five minutes. So, well, talk us through though. You've got yeah, something. We live co- streaming. Are we live? No, we're going to no, no, no. lose, <laughs> lose the room. Like the physical room. Sorry, I thought you had callers coming through. No. Live, I thought, hang on a minute. <laughs> Mate, was, uh, he's just shit. He's <laughs> gone off, said the F-bomb. No, no, no. no. no we're not do we even know how to do that? with the technology. I thought, yeah. this is great. If, wow. you're, if you're streaming I do know how to do it, it, but it would take... Look, I'm I'm the the button pusher this here. This is the brains, obviously. No, well... I've worked that out. I was, yeah. I was off my game. Much. I was off my game last week, Luke. I, I let the lads set up while I um, visited the bathroom for some morning sickness. And um, boy, did we hear about it! From she the fucked listeners. it up. Yeah. It's her fault. Yeah, the audio. Did we record a whole show and not work. The audio was deplorable. It wasn't great. How would Ed have coped with that back in the day? Yeah. One of our listeners described. A couple it. of us wouldn't be here today. <laughs> One of our listeners described it as it sounded like we're having a tea party in the shitter. So. <laughs> That's the type of listeners we have, though. Yeah, of course, it was um, um, fairly accurate. One thing you got in common with Dame. Not the second bit, but the first bit. You know what it's like to be a Brownlow medal favourite. I like the, uh, the that is that is very funny because I um we were, were you involved in that at all? But the, I remember that I had a, had a reasonable year, Swanee, and I was in the market for it. But and I need to get this. I get smashed for this all the time because you know it's like the story takes on. David Barham was the head of sport at Channel Ten, and he's like, "Mate, you're the favourite. Want to go and shoot um, your family?" I said, "No chance." Yeah. So, mate, we didn't win enough games. A, I don't think there's no way I'm going to win it, and I would never do that anyway. No chance. And then, but they rang back 12, 15 <laughs> times and said, "You know, uh, Ben Cousins won the favourites. He's doing this, this shoot at his house, and Simon Black's doing something. You're the only one who said no." And we just opened a new pub, so I rang <laughs> the partners. What do you think? If we could get a shot of the pub, you know, you know how it works. Why don't you want to try and? Oh, that'd be <laughs> good. nothing's for nothing. <laughs> nothing's for nothing. You know, the least cost there once. New pub. We'll get you know, the Anglers Tavern. This will be a win. There was no other. Other vision of anyone, anyone else around the country. They had only locked me in. And so as the votes started to pile in, or not pile in, more to the matter, Samantha, they kept crossing back to the pub. But exactly. I still get texts from the boys going, you're hosting another party for yourself this year. That stayed with me for, uh, for a long while. Oh, so you got the Channel 10 year. That was Channel 10 year, ah, yeah. Right. yeah. I got stitched at seven, I think. Well, you, uh, Dane's spoken, and obviously just recently, uh, about all the preparation that Bruce McAvaney did prior to... Uh, prior to yeah, the Brownlow and all the interviews. So, did you have to go through a lot of those things? Did you have got quarters or it was quarters hosting? Wasn't yeah. it? It was actually the year they had the, the Brownlow at Marvel Stadium, which oh, was, it was freezing, uh, wasn't it? freezing, <laughs> freezing oh, cold. on the ground. On the yes. ground, yeah, yeah, they made a big tent. You went there, made a big marquee. No, well, you. Uh, oh, uh, this yeah. is with all due respect, but was there a roof back then? There was, was a, a roof, but it was a cold, like yeah, it was most you don't feel the cold, but everyone was just <laughs> and the girls were. Free. And at one stage, I went to the bathroom. And because of security and uh, and but I, I couldn't get back in. I'm going. I'm a favourite. <laughs> you know I'm a favourite. You got literally. I missed about eight rounds, which is probably a good thing because there wasn't a lot of action for me. In those They're eight just crossing angles, tapping and crossing the pub, came and sat back down and going, "Yeah, not looking too good for you tonight." Uh, fantastic. All right. Well, what do we uh, just? We've been asked for tips for this week, so just a couple of uh, couple of uh, thoughts for the, the year ahead. Do Brownlow Premiership. Uh, all the usual stuff. So I'm going to go a bit uh, home, home, grow. Marcus Bondapelli. Yep. For all of it, he's uh, he's a pretty special young uh, young lad. Without yeah. wanting to put too much pressure on, I'd love to see him win one of uh, join Swanee's club. Yep. He'd be a worthy winner. Oh, I'll, I'll let him into the club. Yeah, <laughs> I'll welcome him in. <laughs> Is that is that is that a little bit biased though? Do you think? Yeah. Do you, so yeah, do you think the Bulldogs are going to do well enough this year for Marcus to pull enough votes? We're always biased, and I think anyone who works in this industry, and if you're not, you're not yeah. invested enough to not be, you know, mm. into it. You should be. Um, so look, I, I find these predictions the most futile thing as everyone does. Yeah. But uh, I mean, who's just? I mean, Richmond. I mean, if all things are equal, they are going to be nearly impossible to beat mm. again. I mean, Geelong had. You know, Jeremy Cameron, you had Sean Higgins is a superstar for me. He's an A grader that I think people have overlooked. So they're going to be really good. Um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty tough year. From yeah. a punting perspective this week, round one, can I, can I give my advice to someone? Yeah, that's why I love all the, all the experts because yeah. if, we're all, if all the experts were so expert at it, we'd all be sitting on our $10 million yacht somewhere in Europe because exactly. we've all gambled <laughs> on it and we've, we're experts. Exactly, we know exactly what's going to happen. So every year this happens, every year, round one, there's no data to work on, right? So everyone's had, what, five, six months between game. You you might be the Dane Swans who, who coast through pre-season and just get themselves ready, or some are just struggling. And you don't really know. The markets are always wrong. So after round one, they go, oh, who could have tips? You know, more than three winners, you've done well. Yeah. So go to all the lines, and if you'd like taking multis, 
take the pluses in a lot of them because I think the only one that's actually pretty close is Collingwood, Western Bulldogs, or uh, sorry, and Essendon and Hawthorne. But all the others, there's big margins to work in. Take a little multi with all those because there's going to be some blowouts. That's the only thing that happens every year. There's always some blowouts around one that people get. I think, the un- I think maybe the unders too because I think everyone's exactly. expecting this fast, free-flowing game. But I think the coaches have just sort of said, we're not going to show everyone yeah. what's going on uh, first. Let's come back and... There'll be four goals, you know, four goals kicked at halftime over again. Oh, the game's fucked again. <laughs> well, what's going on? So um, maybe the unders, but that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, just so, what's your your weekend now? Your, your well, your full media week this what's weekend. I'm, week? I'm doing uh, Thursday night footy, triple yep. M. Friday night footy, uh, triple M. Which I'm doing Saturday uh, Essen and Hawthorne Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, Who's with, the team uh, on Saturday night? Now? Hamish, myself, uh, Richo. Yep. And uh, I think Lingy's joining us on Saturday night. And then Sunday I'm doing GWS and St Kilda. Um, so. Before you go, may I ask? Um, you're obviously in pretty big at Channel Seven. I'm pretty big at Channel. Are you looking for a job? Uh, day? Wouldn't say. No, but, but influential. A, I wouldn't say influential. Can you ring someone who's ga- influential? I'm gainfully employed there. For I'd 10 just years. like to know what's who are the people making the decisions to give Heath Shaw and Dale Thomas their own TV show. Yeah, I can name that person. His name is Lewis Martin, who is the uh, head of sport at. Channel May I so, ask uh, what on earth he? What is he on to be giving those two morons a TV show? We had the we had the big launch uh, for the footy team, and it was actually Bruce McIverney gave one of the great speeches, and they they played a highlight reel because the boys have put sort of a pilot down together, and if that was the highlights, we're in for a long, long year. Two of the boys. two of the most ridiculous humans on there, and also surely they're going to have a host to navigate their way through. Put someone there with a little bit like, of polish, maybe Swanee, or yeah, I'll just anyone who actually is half is got a brain. <laughs> And and just navigate Do them you when feel they because these two no I couldn't because I'm an idiot myself but at least I know them two it's either gonna be the greatest show on tell you what's gonna be off in two weeks and I'm leaning towards the latter. <laughs> Alright, you guys appreciate you coming in. Thanks, right, mate. Catch Thanks. up. Thanks, guys. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.